what is the thing that makes you stand out and be different? I think you get ahead genuinely by being excellent and kind. So all you can really do is do your very best in the things that you can control. If you're in an agency that collabs with other agents, that's a good agency. Hey, Danny. Hi, Daniel. What does an Actors Coaching International actor get from working with you? They get deep levels of growth. They get to learn so much more about themselves and they get to find out so much more about the industry. Why not go to actorscoachinginternational.com for more details? Hello, Kimberly and Betsy, the ID Talent team. You are in the room with us. Finally, how are you both today? We are good. We started early together this morning, about 7 a.m., I think. And uh, we were in London together, and now we're in two very different parts of the UK. So it's been a long day. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, we hope we can finish it with a positive note rather than just, you know, make you wish you'd just been able to have your dinner earlier or something like that. <laughs> Hopefully we can have a good conversation. How are you today, Christian? Are you well? I am very well indeed. Thank you for asking, Matthew. Fantastic. Well, we won't waffle on any longer. We'll get on into the questions. So the first question we're asking in this series onwards, it's a very, very very simple one, I hope. How do actors get in the room? I think there are lots of factors to getting someone in the room. So many that are actors are out, are out of actor's control. So all you can really do is do your very best in the things that you can control, like your headshots, prepping your material, making sure you've got a good self-tape or that you're ready to get in the room, making connections, working with your agent if you have one. You're a team in that aspect. I'm going to use my like agent hat there. We have to work as a team to get you in the room. But yeah, being being prepared and knowing your stuff is how you're going to is how you're going to get in. Yeah, something Betsy and I have been working with all of our actors recently. We've been doing one-on-ones over coffee and just saying to them, what is your unique selling point? Like, what is the thing that makes you stand out and be different from everybody else? And how can we highlight that? Does your showreel plus your headshot plus your CV scream that? Your bio, are all of those things connecting to show what makes you different? And I will say, we... We are big fans right now of if your headshots aren't working and if they do not tell a story and if they're not special and unique, try something different. We have an actress who put new headshots up within the last week, like a couple days maybe, and boom, 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 three auditions in a row because her headshot is screaming who she is now. It's really powerful. Yeah. That's really interesting. On the back of that, with those one-to-one meetings, have you found a, some actors come in and they have an answer to that question immediately? The thing of, you know, what is your unique selling point? I remember having coffee with my previous agent a few years ago. She asked me that question. I really struggled to find an answer. I, I almost found it a difficult question to be asked. Have you found a mix where some actors just really know and then some that you have to sort of push them to find something? Yeah, 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 Matt, it's a total mix. And it is interesting to me because those that have real clarity, I feel like their stuff is already clear. Their headshots plus their CV, plus their showreel material. Those that don't know who they are, it, that is also clear. And we do try to do some digging and we try to say, listen, let's ask some questions to help clarify what that is. And if we still can't get to the bottom of it, I'm like, that's your homework. 
you must go away and know that. But, but that is one of the questions we are asking in all of our auditions now with our adults, because we're finding that if they don't know who they are before we sign them, chances are if they're going to struggle to know who they are after. Really interesting. Before I move on to the next question, just touching upon what you were discussing there, how long would you give, say, an actor signed on your books and they were there six months and they're struggling to get in the room? Is that a point where you'd call them in and say, right, the, the headshots aren't working, your showreel's not working, or do you let it go on longer? Or Yeah, that's a great question. You want me to take that one, Beth? Uh, Yes. I think because we offer meetings every month, and so we would we would hope to see actors a couple times a year, and if something's not working, we're going to know, and they're going to know, and there's going to be conversations. I feel like every agent says, get new headshots, get new headshots, but sometimes that is what it is. Or we talk about getting a self-tape, a really good quality self-tape filmed or whatever. But as far as, like, I don't know that we would, I, I think we believe in our people enough that we would see them through to find the answer to that question. We it's not a figure figure yourself out or you're out. It's let's help you discover that because I, again, if we believe in someone, we believe in someone and it's not a matter of they've got to figure it out or they're gone. We want to make sure that we walk that journey with them because for some people it might be confidence. It might be that they've never thought through it. So it's our job as an agent to help draw that out. If that's, if that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, no, really, because I can imagine being certain agents that people are on the books for many, many years, and they probably don't have the chat about why is it not working. So, but yeah, moving on to the next question, me and Matt are always really interested to find out how you sort of got into this industry. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll start. So I am a performer first. I started as a teen and moved over to the UK to do a master's in theater for young audiences, which is what I was doing out in the States. I did theater. And then I, I've known Kimberly for many, many years. We're from the same hometown. So I started doing agency work because Kimberly needed some help with the agency. And I just kind of evolved from there. And I've really grown to love it. I'm able to use a lot of my skills as an actor, but also an educator to help our clients and yeah I love it I'm I'm so grateful that my path has just led me here I I never expected it yeah I'll call myself a wannabe performer it didn't last long I I loved it but my path changed quite quickly Um, I went into education I I got a master's working with kids with special needs I stayed home and had kids Uh, and then when I went back to teaching I went back to teaching drama and music and so it was kind of a full circle thing for me and what I found was some of my insecurities and fears about with performing absolutely didn't matter when I was working with other people and helping build them up and that I found what I really really liked to do was helping others succeed in something that I was super passionate about so I taught for many years in the U.S. moved over here got involved in lots of different things within the industry that did some casting, some assistant directing, some directing. I was the parent of a performer. And then someone said, hey, would you help us start an agency? And I was like, well, gosh, I've, I've kind of done everything else in the industry. How hard could it be? <laughs> those, those are infamous last words. But it started, it started small eight years ago with children. I took six months to really seriously study the craft. I didn't just jump in and hope it worked out. I did take six months to, to work with friends that I knew to make sure I, I knew what I was doing. And we did kids for a number of years. And then just a couple of years ago, added our adult section because it was important for us to know that we had people's best interests and their careers in kind of in our hands in a little bit of a way. So we wanted to make sure we knew what we were doing and we had the connections we needed. And six years into the agency, we had those connections and we felt confident taking on adults. So that's how I got started with this. That's a really nice segue into the next question, really, thinking about where you are now. I mean, you are one of the leading agencies for young performers. You're building a talented list of adult actors that are booking jobs. You're doing client workshops with great professionals. 
You've joined the PMA now. I think it's fair to say that things are going pretty well for ID talent at the moment, which is awesome. What is the dream future for the agency or at least how you want to see things progress and how do you plan on getting there? I think everything is graft and everything is hard work. And, you know, I think we're very, very fortunate. I dream big dreams and Betsy's like, this is actually how we'll accomplish it. So I'm really, I'm really fortunate to to have Betsy on the team. And, and you know, we, we do, we have great clients. I, I feel like our, our clients believe in us just like we believe in them. And that is a, a dream. It's great to join the PMA. For those that haven't heard, we're on the board of the AYPA, which is the Agents of Young Performers. It's, it's an up and coming organization that is looking out for the betterment of children within the industry. And so we're very, very lucky to be meeting with the CDG and the CDA and, and, the, and equity every month in order to help bring about positive change for children within the industry. But also it's benefiting our adults in some pretty awesome ways. So I think what I'm focused on right now is just continuing to connect with casting directors and people that want to meet our clients. And so that's what I spent time doing today was reaching out and saying, hey, I'd like to take you along to a show or cup of coffee. We're letting people know who, you know, who our clients are and, and what they're what they're good at and, and how they could be a perfect fit for some casting directors within the industry. And then we're also working on helping our clients convert. So it's not just about getting in the room, right? It's about converting that audition into a job. And so that's why we're having casting directors come and work with our clients. Our clients are updating their materials and, and shoring up things and, and attending workshops and and meeting with us so that we're all, you know, building them up to convert those opportunities into jobs. And when you say you're bringing casting directors to work with your clients, how do you mean? What do they What do they do specifically? Yeah, Betsy, take over. Sure. <laughs> um, so we offer workshops to all of our clients every month um, free uh-huh. of charge. So um, as of now, they've been on Zoom. We're also looking at the possibility of doing them in the room in person. So, and it's a variety of different things. Some months we have some like accent workshops. We'll have casting workshops for TV, film, and commercial, just so our clients are continuing to work on their skills, even if it hasn't been a month full of auditions or they haven't been able to go to any workshops there on their own, at least we're providing that opportunity for them. That's a really, really good yeah, idea. Sometimes, sometimes we offer really practical things like we had tax for actors on and we, we've, we've done just like meet and greet where everyone gets together and has a conversation um, one of our actors had a brilliant idea the other day and they said, we, we need to do a meet and greet so that we can connect with each other so that we have partners to read in for us for scenes. And I thought that was a brilliant idea because I, I know Betsy's an actress. I'm sure that will come up later. And she's always having to reach out and ask people to, to read in. You know, Matt, I do want to bring this up right now. She never asks me to read in. <laughs> that, that, may be, that may need to be this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's out on a public platform now. We can't hide it. The you know the snakes out the boot. It's it's there. It's it's good. Before, before Christian moves on to the next question, I know he's got he's got one about your joining the PMA, which we really want to know more about. But first of all, you mentioned there about one of your clients having the suggestion of meeting up just so that you could help out. You know, with reading in on self tapes, it just seems like a genuinely lovely human being that's there, not just for their own benefit. Do you think that is the type of actor you? Obviously, all agents want nice people on their books. But do you think it's really important for you when you are auditioning people? Like you said, you're now asking all these adults, who who are you? What's your what's your USP? Is it important to, as an actor, find a vibe and an agent that matches with you? So you're always, from the outset, 
pulling in the same direction. Absolutely. I mean, every agency does auditions differently. We do it first. We we, we had, um, well, by the time this comes out, they'll be closed. But we, we have open books right now. Tapes are due tomorrow. And then from there, we will invite people to come in the room. Because for us, your material may, may be great. But if we don't have a connection, and if we're not on the same page, like our vibe isn't the same, then we may not be the right fit for each other. And and honestly, I say to our people all the time, I want you to be the nicest person in the room. I want you to be excellent at what you do, of course. But it, I want you to help other people think of other people be kind, be gracious, be general, generous, be humble. We say the same thing to our parents. You know, when you walk into an audition room, don't be the big head bragging about your kid. Be really kind and see who you can connect with and help. That's what we want our vibe to be. Um, And yes, we want our people to get the job. But I, I think you get ahead genuinely by being excellent and kind. I really do. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, such a valid point because it, uh, it's, there's nothing more disappointing than when you hear about one of the big actors that we all idolize and and people around the industry are like, oh, they're actually horrible. So it's, it's um, a really valid point. Um, I just wanted to move on to ID talent being accepted into the PMA. Yeah, so that's obviously a huge deal for any acting agency. What are the benefits of the membership and what does the application process look like? Yeah, so interestingly, I applied for the PMA probably naively when we just had children. And they actually wrote a really nice response and said, I, I don't think you're quite ready because you haven't ticked some of the boxes that we that we have. And as I went away, I thought, actually, that's really true. Um, and this was, again, this was about six years ago. And I thought, there's some things that I want to shore up and, and we want to shore up as an agency in order to have a, a more solid understanding. Um, of course, adding adults was kind of one of those things. But they look for things like, do you have a contract guidelines that follow along with their guidelines? Guideline. Is your banking, do you have separate banking so that you have a client account and, a, and an agency account so that money is safe, things like that. You have to have two recommendations. And so that was a big thing was me building relationships with other agents so that somebody else could vouch for us and say, yeah, we know them and they're, they're a solid company. They look at all of your social media. They look at your website. And there was one agent in particular that really put in some work with us absolutely out of the graciousness of our heart to say, hey, there's some things on your website that you might want to address. And it really helped us shore things up and present a more professional front. And so I have found the PMA to be very generous, to be very welcoming, uh, to be full of great information. You know, certainly you do pay a fee to be involved, but there's not been, there's not been a day probably where there's not been an email come through of someone reaching out for help or someone offering help or a meeting or or something that we could join in. There's meetings on um, how to help help your clients who have different needs, maybe disabled clients, or how to how to think outside the box when you think about supporting people who are from the global majority, and even small things like how to you know how to really work together with other agents and help each other. So I, I think there's so many benefits of joining the PMA, and I don't think it's just about a little label on the bottom of our email line, you know, tagline. I really think it says that we are are abiding by some clear guidelines and that we want to be professional, but we also want to be a part of a group of people that are helping each other for the betterment, betterment of, the, of the industry. Just backtracking for a moment, for those that are listening that, that might not know what the PMA is, it, it's a collection of agents. They're called the Personal Managers Association. And I think the founding was based on a code of conduct to help improve industry conditions for actors and agents. I think that was the origins of it. And it's built up and built up from there. So when I work with actors and we're looking at 
um, finding representation. It's one of the first places I tell them to go if they're looking for a list of agents that are going to follow a code of conduct. You've got quite a few there to start with. It's, it's a great collection of agents. And touching on something you said there about being helped and recommended by other agents, the fact that a lot of actors don't realize that agents are in even less competition than actors are. They're actually always trying to help each other out. And how useful is it to have these other agents that are a bit further down the path than you, you know, correcting you or, or sending you in the right direction? How useful has that been, not just in the PMA application and since you've joined, but in the industry as a whole? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. Sorry to talk so much but I, during lockdown, I joined together with a couple of agents and kind of created a friendship. It was mostly friendship, but then it's turned into, I'm with a children's chat. I'm on a children's Facebook group. I'm with some adults on a chat. I'm now in a chat with really big agents and equity and some PMA people. And I don't feel like an outsider. I don't, I don't, I just feel like one of the gang. And I think one of the, the cool things the other day that the PMA did is they had everybody in a meeting. And then they said, okay, if you've been with the PMA, or if you're a really large agency, off you go. And now it's time for us just to focus on smaller and newer agencies. And I was like, I just was really grateful that, that they were taking the time to recognize that not everyone has been around for forever. Not everyone is connected within the industry, you know, like some of those that have been around for, you know, all this time. But agents, honestly, are here to help each other. The, the good ones are, all right? I'm just going to say it. The good ones are. And if you're in an agency that collabs with other agents, that's a good agency. It's a good agency that wants to help other people and raise people up. Because honestly, you end up both being lifted up when you help each other, I think. Hi, we're selftape.co.uk, but uh, don't forget the hyphen, that's self-tape.co.uk. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it's a mouthful worth chewing on. Uh, anyway, as the name suggests, we do self-tapes for actors in London. Maybe you've run out of time, maybe you have kids, perhaps you can't find a reader, or let's face it, you could just be a little bit shit at setting everything up. Well, that's where we come in. But it's not all we offer, no, we also shoot showreels for actors too. Custom showreel scenes shot from scratch to show casting directors and agents exactly what you can do. Well, that is, if they can be bothered to watch. Any In The Room listeners get 10% off all of our services just by quoting In The Room. So get in touch and visit www.selftape.co.uk. Or don't, it's completely up to you. But whatever you do, do, don't forget the hyphen, self hyphen to, ah, you get it. Well, let's touch on collaboration a bit further because you represent a lot of young performers. And when representing younger talent, the actor-agent relationship becomes a triangle because you add the parents into that equation. What do parents trying to get their children representation need to be prepared to do to make that relationship work? I think parents need to be really open to learning how everything goes. A lot of parents come in not knowing very much or having heard stories or tidbits from other people who may have rep. They need to come in and just ask all the questions. I'd recommend that they speak to other parents who are parents of children who have rep. And if they have any questions at all, just to ask them, ask the people when they're, the agencies that they're contacting. We get calls or emails like that all the time. We're happy to talk to parents because there is a lot involved. Parents really have to be committed 
kid. It's their children on screen or on stage, but they're the ones doing all the work. They're going to take them to auditions. They're going to chaperone them on set. They're going to fill out tons of paperwork and they need to be ready for that. So I think it's really important to just ask the questions, get the education they need and really ask themselves if they're ready to make that commitment because it will be so much bigger than anyone ever really anticipates at the start of some of, of joining an agency. Interesting. That's something I didn't really consider when uh, I've never really thought about child actors in the industry, how much the parents have to do. I suppose it's like anything. A- actors often get obsessed with the massive agencies, the Uniteds, the independents and whatnot. Why do you think actors should not overlook up and coming agencies such as ID Talent? Every agent also probably has a unique selling point. And I know people that are with big agencies and are having a fabulous experience. And uh, I can only speak to what we're good at and what, what I hope that we offer. We call ourselves a family. And we like who we are and we like the size that we are because we feel like we can have a very personal relationship with our clients. And that's everything from offering to have the meetings, the the one-on-one meetings that are at regular intervals, showing up at their shows, even if they're not big shows, even if there's something that they've put on or it's a fringe or they're doing something very small. We, We love to show up at things. We have a WhatsApp group for each of our client. And, you know, I would say that I, I mean, I, 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 Stephanie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say everyone hears from us probably at least once a week because we're always reaching out and we're always chatting through things. I feel like we're really accessible. I, I know, you know, I've heard that phrase that I can't even call my agent. And I'm like, I can't even imagine, you know, not talking to my people or not welcoming a call from them. Um, that doesn't mean that we're not busy or we have to say, hey, can I call you back tomorrow or whatever? But man, I want to be in communication with my people. And maybe we have some of the time to do some of the, the things, you know, some of that some of that leg work with them and, and training and teaching that maybe a bigger agency maybe would bypass someone that needed some of that, you know, more care or whatever. And um, we say in all of our intake meetings that we're not here just about industry stuff. We care about people personally. So we talk about mental health. We talk about how your family's doing, you know, things like that. Maybe what you need outside of the acting world, because those things are important for us. And then I think, you know, the only other thing that I know about us is we do not have the luxury of sitting back and waiting for everything to come to us. So that means we're hungry. So we're looking for people that equally have that kind of drive and that desire to go out there and, and put in the work and make connection and those kinds of things. And we're not sitting back waiting for things to come to us. We're out there. We're knocking on doors. We're picking up the phone, calling people, surprising people. I, I surprised uh, uh, someone today and I just picked up the phone and called them and they were like, yeah, nobody calls anymore. And I'm like, yeah, well, we do. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so I, I think those are some of the things that that maybe a smaller agency has the time and maybe the space to do is some of that more, some of the graft and, and maybe maybe some of the personal connection. I know there's big agencies out there that do that as well. Something that really struck me because, um, I mean, for those people probably wouldn't know is I worked with Kimberly and Betsy at ID for a good period of time as, as an assistant for their agency. They were kind enough to give me my first opportunity that side of the table and the amount I learned was it's astronomical. But what struck me about both you guys and Bethany is that you're also patient that's something that really struck me with you guys, with all your clients, because I remember I came on board, and I think it was pretty early on when you were like, okay, we work with our actors on feedback for tapes. And I think I, was, I watched a tape and I was like, oh, they need to do this, this and this. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> they signed like last week. This is their first tape, Matt. Leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> Be, take your time. But it's that patience, I, I think, is what an actor would really appreciate on your books. And that's not to say that if they go against contract, if they do something genuinely wrong, of course, 
course you step in, but that patience to allow them to, to learn a bit as they go, because I'm sure that was something, well, that's something that all new agencies have to do. The industry has to give agents permission to make mistakes now and again, as long as it's not something astronomical that involves safety or stuff like that. But even then, there's opportunities to learn. So the patience you guys have, I think, needs to be highlighted. And is it okay if I ask an additional question, actually, to talk a bit about, you spoke earlier about your passion as well for representing actors from underrepresented backgrounds. And one of the things that you you both do is you make sure that you do outreach with schools where young performers just wouldn't get the opportunity to be put in front of agents because, I mean, not only does their school maybe not have the facilities, but their parents are, are you know, are really just solely focused on getting them through school. They're not looking at other stuff like that. Can you talk a bit about how that type of work came about and why it's important to you? Sure. When we started the agency, we were connected with, um, it's actually two schools that are connected up in North London. And we went up there and met them and, and kind of came up with this idea for a, a program where the school would sponsor between 10 and 14 kids every year. They would pay for their spotlight fees or they would, they would help us with the auditions. They would introduce us to the families. They would do a lot of, you know, uh, playing, doing interference because a lot of these families were were not English as, as first language. And so, so we went up there, we did the auditions, we took these, we took some kids on, and the school paid their fees, their spotlight fees up front. And then, and then what what we did was as we would we would do a lot of training with the families and get the kids auditions, and the kids would work. And then as the kids would work, they would slowly and surely over that year pay the school back the loan that the school had made to get their spotlights and their their headshots. So Betsy and I are actually headed up there on Friday to do, I, I believe it's our seventh round of auditions, seven years running of auditions up there. And these kids are kids that generally would never have probably had the opportunity for various reasons. But these are kids that are in the West End, in feature films, touring around the UK, they are bright, they are brilliant, they are from every country imaginable. And it is so exciting to see them thriving and succeeding and, and to be exposed to an industry that is really welcoming welcoming them with open arms right now, especially as we look to be more representative in who we have on screen. And yeah, we're just, we're, we're very fortunate to have this partnership with this school who champions these children and provides everything that they need um, in partnership with us to, to have these opportunities. It's fantastic. It's really, really great. And I, I saw so many of those kids come on the books and the, the, how eager and quick they are to learn and improve. It's, it's so wonderful. And yeah, it's great. We'll move on before we get too, too emotionally indulgent. So if people haven't gathered already, you are both Americans. So what traits or approaches to work do you think British actors might learn from our American counterparts and in your time here have you picked up anything useful from us Brits <laughs> um gosh I don't know I we we I mean we've both been here for a while now so it's all starting to mix but I know that I mean Kimberly and I we're we're not ashamed of being friendly <laughs> almost too friendly maybe um, <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with being kind or nice so maybe that's something that British actors can can like adopt just be, be maybe Betsy, but sometimes when us brits get overtly lovely it it, it, it enters on creep when i've gone in the audition room when i'm like hi hi hello they're like what the fuck? who the hell is this <laughs> anyway carry on otherwise we'll bring up some really questionable questionable things <laughs> sorry carry on no no i mean 
I, I'm all about just being yourself, really. That, I think that's what's most important, is just not don't be afraid to be yourself. I think a lot of actors are thinking about what the casting director or the director wants them, who they think they need to be for them, when really, you just need to be yourself, and like unashamedly so. And within reason, I mean, be professional, but be yourself. That's what people want to see. Absolutely. And I, I think we are who we are. There's no way I cannot be American. I, it just it just oozes, even after almost 10 years here. And I think for us, it works. We almost don't know some of the rules. And so we don't know when we're breaking them or overstepping. Plus, people just expect us to be American because we are. But there's been a lot of things, especially over my 10 years that I've just been like, it's brilliant living in this country. I don't ever want to leave. I love it here. People say, where are you from? I'm like, California. They're like, why are you? here but the the truth is there's some really great things that I've picked up just as a human being by being here and within the industry especially just things like you know starting an email with pleasantries rather than just launching into the business I usually launch into the business and then I have to go back and write the how are you today or have you been well or how's your weather so I usually like write all my business and then I put it in the I'll, I'll put the nice things on the top and the bottom so I think that is a really good thing is to care about people first before you launch into business I, I think there's that's a really positive thing here and then I, I think one other thing that I would say is I've learned to really carefully or, or try to carefully think through my words whereas maybe in the past I would just say whatever came to mind I think I've I've learned a little more to actually put value on what I'm saying and not make it overly emotional or as best I can, not make it overly dramatic, but actually to really care about what I say and to say what I mean and make sure it has value. Betsy also encourages me oftentimes to um, not waffle on. I'm a waffler. So maybe just trimming things down a little bit and being a little more clear and succinct, which I think is a British thing rather than just going on and on and on, which maybe is a little more me or more American. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what you mean there about the pleasantries as well because I think some of us uh, Brits when we're emailing actually worry more about what version of hello before like we're always going shall I ask them about the weather or how they're doing in their lives it's like no Matt just just no you know it's polite but no one actually really cares it's just get you know so that's quite interesting that you brought up having to go back there that's really interesting Christian I'm sure you got the next question ready raring to go no I'm just going to touch upon something it made me I think I, I did some work with the acting coach Larry Moss some time ago he's an incredible uh, American acting coach and he he said the biggest difference he finds between both sides of the pond is that American actors very much go in the room they own the space and then if they need to start again they'll just be like okay I need to stop and start again and they don't feel any shame whereas Matt we can probably attest to this we'll be like oh do we dare stop it? We messed that line up. Do we dare? Or do we deserve to be here? You yeah, know, just continue polite, driving so. the car into the wall. That's what we were just yeah. keep following the car crash rather than turning around and starting again. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Precisely. Yeah, Betsy. So uh, as well as being a full-time agent, you're also an actor uh, with a growing number of screen and commercial credits. What have you learned from your job as an agent that's helped you moving into your acting? I think what I learned most over the years is just to realize how big and how much more goes into booking a job. There are so many cogs in this machine. I mean, there's so many different levels and how you're not, it's not really, you're not in control of it. As an actor, as soon as you give your work out, um, either tape or audition, in-person audition, that's all you can give. And then the rest is out there and out of your control. So I think what I realized was, I just need to make sure that I'm really prepared and 
I'm proud of what I'm what I've given what I'm giving and then leave it there and move on move on to the next opportunity not to dwell on it because it's out of my control now and every everything else will get taken care of it's out of my hands and that really helped me because I think I was one of those when I was younger I was very much a dweller like I'd send it and then I'd go oh my gosh I didn't get it because I probably said that line the wrong way and I would think about it for weeks and weeks and weeks and I'd make my, myself feel bad and I think now that I have a better understanding of the process of how things are booked I know that it, it's out of my control I'm just like, I've delivered it and I can move on. If it goes my way, it goes my way. If not, I'm going to look forward to the next opportunity. I really, really love that because as well, I think there are some, to use a phrase, sort of unfair advantages that some actors will have, whether that's, you know, a massive agent or their dad is a huge casting director or they graduate with, you know, a BA honours from RADA and the best actor in their year, they're going to have that step up. But apart from those things, and actually all actors are aware of those advantages that people have. So it's not like you don't know when someone like that gets a role that may have contributed it may just have been there right for the role but the fact that you'll see hundreds of emails a day that go through your computer that say why people did or didn't get a job most of it's out of their control so it's not just you literally see it you see it every day things of they were amazing but i'm afraid you know casting have just stopped the whole project no no one's fault or you know we were looking with an actor that i know wasn't quite ginger enough for a certain role at one point which is literally they can't help that and um, some actors need to just really get it in their heads that this isn't industry smoke and mirrors where people are just trying to make you feel better about yourself. If you got to see these inboxes, you'd see that the casting directors at the very top of our business, there's stuff that's just out of their control. They, they don't get to pick it. So I, I'm sure that, you know, actors take some comfort. It is that when we say it's out of your control, it genuinely is. I'm, that still might not make it easier for some. It's a tough, tough business. But before we close out the podcast with our rapid fire, we've got two quite sort of common agent questions because we have to ask them. We've got agents our podcast, we've got to cover these predictable topics because they're useful for our listeners. So firstly, representation requests. What are the most common mistakes actors should avoid making when contacting an agency about rep? Who I'll start. I don't want to read a novel about your life or your experiences. So you need to you need to keep it short and keep it quick and give me all of your information. Give me your highlights super accessibly. Like put those links in there. Make sure your photo is in your email, put your spotlight link if you've got it, or your Mandy link or whatever. I, I want to see your material, but I want to see it quickly because I'm going to give your email a few seconds, a minute max. It needs to grab me and I'm not going to read four or five paragraphs. I'm just not going to do it. If I want to know more about you, I will ask you, but give me your highlights. That's what I want. Yeah, I would say a couple for me would be CCing in 50 other agents. Uh, yeah. Getting, getting my name wrong. <laughs> writing it, dear sirs, when it's only women in our office. Oh, um, do your research. Maybe uh, contacting us on like a DM on social media. I mean, stop. No. No. And then I would say, you know, I think there's just really simple things. Like sometimes people try too hard in an email. You really don't have to try hard. You don't have to be, I mean, you can be memorable, right? A catchy title or, or a catchy opening line or something. But really you do, as Betsy said, you do not need to carry on and on and on. Let your work speak for itself. I mean, if, if I like, so much of it is if your face pops up and I'm like, oh, I don't have someone that looks like you in that age range, the, that gender, that, you know, that look, skin tone or whatever, I'm, I'm probably going to go follow your link. And then I'm going to tell you, I'm going to watch at least five to 20 seconds. And if, if it's not, if it's not right, I, I just know. 
And it may not be that it's bad. It just may not be right for us. I think that's the encouragement I would say to people is just because you get a no, it, it, you just might not be right for us right now. And this journey that people are on to find rest, it's just like when you get an agent. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And if you're in this for a quick sprint and you think there's going to be you know, gold at the end of the rainbow, you need to, you need to buckle in and settle down because it is a marathon. You've got to, you've got to hang in there. I mean, you guys can X this out if you want, but I I happened to be seeing a family member in a show in the West End last night. And it was a guy's debut, a guy's debut that night. And he had been out of drama, West End debut. He'd been out of drama school for 12 years. And it was his day, it was his West End debut. And I was like, gosh, he gets it. He's just been putting in the work and waiting. And to see him shine, I, I didn't know him, didn't know him at all, but it was clear. It was clear who he was because he viewed it as a journey and didn't, you know, and not everyone has that ability to, to wait that long. But, but boy, was, was his reward in, in putting in the work and waiting, waiting that long time to, to have that opportunity. So, you know, hang in there. And, and if you get a note from an agent, maybe don't ask them for why. Because yeah. that's tough. That's tough when you engage in this conversation and well, what, what wasn't good. And, and because we're, we, we try to get a reply, hey, it's not gonna, we're not going to pursue this. We try to give a response. But our primary responsibility is for our, our current clients. And we only look at people when we have extra free time because we'll focus on our clients. And to bring this back full circle, something that you mentioned at the start of the podcast is working in collaboration with your actors and how you can partner together. Spotlight and Tagmin are, apart from your email account, these are the two of the used, uh, most used apps out there. How can actors best use those to help assist you and work with you to progress their careers? Yeah, I'd say keep them up to date. Make sure that you are keeping your availability up to date uh, on Tagman. Tagman has a calendar for those who aren't familiar with the platform. We're always checking availability because we never want to waste anyone's time, our client's time, casting director's time, our time. So if you're not free for the project, you're not free. We move on. And it's important to just make sure that your information on Spotlight is up to date. If you've started, if you've gained a new skill or you've improved on something, we want to know. And Thankfully, Spotlight and Tagman connect, so we're able to see them across both platforms. But it's just important to stay on top of it. We, it helps us know when you are improving or you've added a new skill or if something has changed. And then that way, we know how to, to best rep you moving forward. If there's a new project or if there's a specific project that needs a specific skill, it's there. We don't have to go. We don't have to waste any time figuring out who's right for that. It's already there for us. Yeah, and I would just add to that that not not all agents do this, and it's it really is a, a, different agents have different reasons for doing it or not doing it. But we allow our our clients to see what they've been subbed for on Tagman, and it links directly to Spotlight. So make sure if you're going to nudge or push your client that you've looked to see if you um, have been put up for it. And it doesn't populate until the next day. So give your agent a little bit of time and, you know, look at the things you're being subbed for. Are they right for you? Is your agent on track? Are they missing some things? Have a conversation. You want to make sure that you guys are on the same page as to what you're being subbed for. And if you turn something down, you know, give your give your agent a reason why that, that isn't the right thing for you so they can make notes. We keep loads of notes on Tagman. So that, and, and that yes to no to section is something we use all the time so that we know what our clients really want to be doing and, and not and what they don't want to be doing. Absolutely. And sort of an additional tip on the back of that for any actors is that 
agents have full control of your spotlight profile. So if you double check your profile now and again and see maybe your agent might have made a change, they might have changed what your main headshot is and that might align to the type of roles they're putting you up for. They might have changed your about me section and, and little bits like that. So those can be things to look out for and that, you know, obviously you can follow that up if you're in an agent chat with someone like ID, like Kimberly and Betsy who have those WhatsApp groups, just say, oh guys, I saw you change my main headshot. Can I just ask why? Because then everyone learns and you move forward. Yeah. But you're so right with the yes to no twos and things like that because obviously actors always have the right to say no to a job if it really does not work for them for whatever reason it might be but it's so useful for an agent to know the type of things in advance if at all possible because you work so hard to get these relationships going with these casting directors and one false move can can throw you off track so that's something to really keep in mind but anyway on to the really exciting part of our show it's it's the rapid fire section i mean this is just the high like the hit here. So are you two ready for the in the room rapid fire section? Not at all. This would be my biggest nightmare, but I'm going to give it a go. Just so, <laughs> explain, like you're just going to ask us 10 questions. We have to say the first thing that comes to mind. Is that how this well, works? Pretty much, yeah. But here's, yeah. here's the thing. So this is the first time we've had two people on with us while we're doing the rapid fire. So we've got to make some alterations right now. So what, what we will basically do is ask each of you the same set of 10 questions and we'll have one of you put your fingers in your ears so you don't hear. We're going old school here and then we'll go a thumbs up for when that person can take the fingers out and then we can go again. All it is is 10 silly but practical, some of them questions, industry-related questions, really, really simple. And we ask if you can try and ask answer them in one sentence or less we always ask that and then we end up having some people give us an essay long Not answer like, or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's whatever you want you break the rules as you say you two so do whatever the hell you want we're going off course betsy betsy will be sending sending me waffle emojis tomorrow i swear it she's gonna be like you waffle. <laughs> <laughs> which one of you would like to um answer these questions first and which one's doing this kimberly's going to go first i'm gonna mute you guys so i can't hear all right. All right. Yeah, okay. Perfect. So, Christian, you. do you want to ask the first question? What makes a good actor? Someone who knows who they are. Theater or cinema? What do I go to? What do you prefer? Probably theater. Your biggest industry pet peeve? My biggest industry pet peeve would be uh, people not collaborating and cooperating for the good of each other and the industry and the actors. Should everyone listen to the In The Room podcast? Of course. <laughs> Comedy or drama? Drama. A skill every actor should have. Oh, I mean, oh, cut it. American accent? I don't know. <laughs> Your greatest strength? Uh, Can-do spirit. Biggest weakness? I'm a waffler. Self-tape or in-the-room audition? In-the-room. And the title of your autobiography? She is who she is. Love that, Kimberly. Fantastic. Betsy, come back on. Come back on. But I can, I can listen to Betsy's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I enjoyed watching your facial expressions, Kimberly. <laughs> I'm, a li- I'm just a little bit nervous. No, not at all. You'll be awesome. So, shall I ask? They're really good questions. They're really good questions. I'll ask the first one this time, Betsy. Right, here we go. Okay. What makes a good actor? Someone who really wants it. Biggest industry pet peeve? Oh my gosh. I'm sure I have many. I don't know. (laughs) People who don't follow instructions. Should everyone listen to the In The Room podcast? Yes. Comedy or drama? Comedy. A skill every actor should have? Listening. Your greatest strength? Listening. Biggest weakness? 
talking too much. Final one, the title of your autobiography. Latina in the Countryside. I love that. What Two fantastic books. Latina in the Countryside and She Is Who She Is. Available in hardback at Waterstones in six months' time. Be ready for the books, everyone. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Kimberly and Betsy from ID Talent coming yeah. to talk to us this evening. You've had such a long day. It started at 7am. It's ending at about 8pm, but we really appreciate you coming on and giving us your time, your knowledge. It's been wonderful to talk to you today. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, guys. Lovely. Yeah, really, really great. Thank you so much.